Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Welcome into a Green Bay Packers podcast on my block. Bay Packer Podcast with your host, Simon Green. That is myself and my good friend and good teammate, Mike Wallman. How you doing? I'm good, brother. Glad to be here. All right. Yeah. So if you're just your first time coming to in as the podcast, we talk about Packer stuff, but obviously it's the offseason for the Packers. They didn't make it to the game that they should have been in. But so we talk about other things that's going on around the NFL and around sports in general, because we do have a Super Bowl still going on against the Bengals and Rams. So we're going to hit on that. And then obviously coaches, coach carousel thing going on and other little tidbits of information that we love to share with you here on our podcast. And uh, I know, Mike, you've you've been in this neck of the woods, betting and all that fun stuff when you used to live in Vegas. So the big game is finally here. So this is our first ad. I'm going to read here. I'm excited about this. I know Mike is, too. A little change in our pocket to be keep it real. All right. So the big game is finally here as we hit Super Bowl Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, Bet Online has you covered from odds to scores, totals, player performance, props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Bet on is bet online is the number one spot for all the things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet online's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds, coverage and the best in the business. And so from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, bet online is your number one online regist- registration or registering destination. So head to bet online today or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on your favorite sports and play your favorite games, bet online, where the game starts. So there we go. Do you bet online? Do Do I bet bet online? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I like – so when I – here's the deal. You live in Vegas, you sports bet. Right. right? Everybody stops doing table bets. Like some guys play poker. But all the things you see in the casinos the, with playing craps and all that, man, that doesn't. If you live there, you you get real comfortable in the sports book. I think and if so I live there, yeah, I think I live there. I will at least do the sports betting because I know sports, yeah. I understand sports, all the sports, not just our sport, but other and sports, Olympics, those, everything. And they have those TV shows where they, they got the guys and they're like setting the odds and whatnot. Like they're su- it's super super interesting stuff. Like 
Honestly, I always wonder why play, why teams aren't hiring those guys. Like, I'd be paying those guys like five million dollars a year, man. Just tell, just tell me, tell me like why we're supposed to lose this week. You know what I mean? Like, right, it just right. Makes so much sense. Well, we got betting, a punter. betting online. Is, even as players, man. It, let me rephrase that. As ex players, it makes the game a little right. bit like it makes it a little bit sweeter, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it does. It does, especially because we know stuff about the game and we know stuff about sports, so that makes it easy to bet online. Real, real easy. Real easy. So nice ad there. There we go. Boom. Nice job. Done. All right. Let's get into this Bengals and Rams a little bit here. Is, it, is that negative four? I think it's four and a half now. That's the line? That's the line? Four yeah, it's and four and a half now. Okay. All right. So that's the matchup. That's the that's the one thing for the bet. Hey, there you go. Bet online, dude. There you go. Bet online. Four and a <laughs> half matchup. What's that negative four mean? <laughs> uh, that's, that's, why, that's why I don't it's bet push, online. Yeah, it's a push-up bet tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Eric, I'll do push-ups all day. Yeah, I can hit you there. But first up on the, on the slate here, we got Trent. We got Trey Hendrickson, the D lineman, D uh, right. linebacker, versus Whitworth, the veteran that was a Cincy Bengal years ago, and now he's in the Super Bowl going against his former team as a Ram. So what you got here, Mike? Yeah, so I just wanted to think of like some couple of matchups that I'm going to be watching for, and this was like the first one off the top of my head, just because I think last week in the Chiefs game, and I like you never want to say that Patrick Mahomes can be influenced by anybody else because he's like I think he was almost too good, right? Mm-hmm. But Orlando Brown Jr. was the is the Pro Bowl left uh, tackle for the for the Chiefs, and, and Trey Hendrickson was in the backfield a lot, and he influenced with his rush the footwork and the eyes of Mahomes a ton during this last game. And so mm-hmm. it was super interesting for me to start thinking about, because we talked about it earlier when the Packers played the Rams. And you can kind of point to the way that Whitworth is a, he's a massive human. Yeah. He's We're a big all deal. rooting for him. All the <clears throat> old dudes rooting for him, right? Cause he's like 39 years old playing right. tackle in the league. Yep. So I can't even fathom like the longest I ever thought I would even dream of playing was 35 and I didn't make it there. I was dreaming so 50. Play- I was dreaming yeah. fifty. I wanted to be. Well, in, uh, listen, you're what's the old Raider? What's the what's huh? the old Raider that played to his fifties? Um, you must be talking about Jankowski, man, the kicker. No, nah, well, close to. <laughs> but anyway, we'll go ahead, go ahead. So, but yeah, but my only, my only point was like his. We, we watched him with the Packers, and, and remember Rashawn Gary beating from the strip sack. He's got a flat set rush. He opens his he opens his hips up. And that is exactly how Trey Hendrickson was beating Orlando Brown Jr. over and over and over again. He was at his feet. He got a couple sacks. Obviously, in the rush, he, you know, they were dropping eight. They were doing a bunch of different stuff that affected him, I think, in the second half as well. But that that's a key matchup to this game because you start thinking about, you know, Sam uh, or Matthew Stafford has the propensity to get sacked. He has the propensity right. to see the rush. Now, usually the rush comes like when we saw that when we saw them get you know the, the break speed off them by the Tennessee Titans, they were coming up the middle a little bit more. So we'll, it'd be yeah. interesting to see how they adjust the rush for that. But I think this is a key matchup to watch because Whitworth's gonna have his hands full with this guy. He's been playing at an all-pro level. Yeah, and, and that's something that obviously was will will be seeing on tape. The DC, the linebacker linebackers, the D linemen, they're gonna be like, ooh. Because uh, I know when I saw things on tape where where I see a linebacker that didn't take on the block the right way or he he kind of hesitates going into a tackle, then I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm, I'm going to test him. I'm, I'm, even if they're good, he's like, to me, I'm going to still test you. I don't care if you're Pro Bowl, all, all Pro, I'm going to still come in there and be like, hey, we're going to see if you all what, you, what it is on paper. you know. So this next matchup I like, uh, Aaron Donald yeah. versus Joe Burrow. So let's yeah, let's, that. Not, let's not waste our time in, in talking about Aaron Donald versus the interior of the Bengals line because they really don't even exist to Aaron Donald, right? 
They're going right. to double team him every time. He's still got the biggest double team win percentage in the league. I'm sure he's 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 a generational talent. He's the best defensive tackle I've ever seen. He's he's going to beat those guys consistently. Um, the real question and. Joe Burrow gives up sacks, and they call plays where he's going to hold the ball. He's going to he'll watch the rush. He'll give up those sacks. They throw the ball thirty times. He's going to hit thirteen of them. The other twenty-seven times when he lets that ball go, magic happens. And so right. it really comes down to: Is Aaron Donald the first guy that can really rattle this kid to the point where he can't effectively operate that offense? Because the one thing that we've seen, I and I think you know everybody's kind of changing when you talk when you look you know watch the media, but I think players have been talking about this for weeks now. Joe Burrow is the first guy that we're all watching kind of going, wait a second. It doesn't even matter what O-line he has in front of him. It doesn't even matter what plays they're calling. Like nothing they're doing makes it like this is a huge logic bomb dropped on, on everybody who's ever put on pads right. because they should not be winning games. They should not be operating on offense. They shouldn't have a chance in a lot of this stuff. I'm going to give the coaches and the, and the organization credit for building a culture that they believe in themselves. But right. I'm just going to say, like, they believe in Joe Burrow. You take Joe Burrow off this team, they have no chance. And I've never right. seen a guy come in and it's really his first year as a starter be able to withstand and weather the kind of beating that he's taken week in and week out and not only withstand it but actually grow from it, right. look it right in the eye, and then, de- and then defeat his opponent. He's an amazing guy, and I'm just interested to see if the best defensive tackle I've ever seen play football can finally be the kryptonite to this guy, Superman. Right, and that's the part for me, too, to see how dominant can Aaron Donald be <clears throat> to a Super Bowl line, even though, obviously, they're not the best line and only talking about the Bengals' offensive line, but they are a Super Bowl line now, so it's going to be interesting how that goes. And then for Joe, it's just, just to see what more, like you mentioned, what more can he take or what would be what would be his kryptonite? What's going to crack him? What's going to make him bleed, really bleed and be like, okay, where he's second-guessing himself? And I think that's going to be – that's obviously the next level to take because anybody that's faced him, they got to him. They put him on the ground. They pressured him. And he's got up and he's like, you know what, here you go, boom. There's a pass open. You know, I'm going to run for this first down because I need to. Boom, and get it. So you got a guy that's in looking at a situation, which as for a coach like us, we see it as we want our players to think that way, to have that that type of mentality. Be like, you know what, yeah, you punched me in the face, but I'm going to swing right back and I'm going to keep swinging back. And he might knock me again, knock me down again, but I'm gonna get right back up and keep rolling. So that's the guy that I'm. I would love to be in that huddle with him, you know, as well. Yeah, so, the, guy, oh. the guy really is like I can't. I can't overemphasize for casual fans. Like I've never seen a guy take a beat. Like I mean, you think about it. This is his first full season because he blew his ACL in like week five last year or whatever, week seven. Yep. He blew his ACL. He comes back on schedule, ahead of schedule. Ahead of schedule. And this schedule. is, and this is the year he has. And he's getting he's he gives up he's getting I think he's gotten sacked sixty three times this, yeah. this season so far sixty plus yes yeah and and this in this in this last game versus the Chiefs dude Chris Jones is camping out there we talked about it last week and he's just yep. running for first downs making things happen he doesn't blink like as good of players as we've been around I've never seen a guy just not even care about the rush like this guy he's he's unbelievable right. And that's going to be beneficial for him going into this game. So now on to the wide. <laughs> Not for his career, bro. Like, you better enjoy this one because he keeps getting hit like that. Like Exactly. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, if they get the Super Bowl win, they should be like, look, at least I, 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 got, I, got the, I got the ring. Now, yeah. if I get beat up for the rest of my career, at least I got He's going to be wearing those damn Reno knee braces here for, like, his entire career pretty soon. He keeps, his, he keeps it up. I'll tell you that much. Right, exactly, exactly. All right, so the guys who, who that he's throwing the ball to, so what we're looking at both sides of the, of the team. So we're looking at the Rams, wide receivers to 
the Bengals wide receivers. And uh, <clears throat> so I'll go with the Rams first. You know, we got, you know, we got Cooper Cup. As we know, he he got the triple crown for the year. OBJ, um, Odell Beckham Jr. There, and then we got a guy that's you know been there in times, and a guy who obviously is on IR. Robert Woods is probably one in the next Cooper Cup in terms of that. But the guys who's playing Van uh, Van Jefferson, and then tight end Tiger Higby, and he has a he has a knee injury as well that he's coming through. And then we're looking at the Bengals side. We got uh, T Higgins, and then we got Jamar Chase. Um, we have, and then the tight end CJ Usma, who uh, went out also with an MCL. So they got. Guys, young, I say it's more, I say more veteran on the Rams squad than and then youthful, youthfulness on the Bengals side, Mike. Yeah, and and listen, you got a triple crown winner on one side. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. at one point was probably considered the most talented wide receiver, at least in his class, if not in the entire NFL. Co- correct. And now you've got this new kid, Jamar Chase, and it's like, I don't know what happened down in LSU a couple years ago, but these two guys got together, and I think I think Jamar Chase. I read today he had he had over 200 yards in the national championship game with Joe Burrow throwing him the rock, right? right? And now he's going out. He's setting rookie records. He's setting NFL records for playoff uh, yards, and it's just he's a difference maker. When you when he gets singled up, it's almost it's almost a, a handoff at this point. And Joe Burrow has this awareness. I didn't know this, but you know his dad was a his dad was a, a college D coordinator, so he's been watching defense. His entire life, so his, yeah, his pre snap. Yeah, I knew that. His yep. pre snap, yeah, I, I think everybody knows that for me. But he's his pre snap <laughs> stuff is just unbelievable. Um, he knows exactly that. Hey, he's Jamar singled. I'm gonna hand the ball off to him for 20 yards away, and if he's and, and if he's doubled, like I got these other guys that can flat out play. Yeah. So you know, I don't know who you pick here because I obviously Cooper Cup's had such a great year and all these things, but like this Bengals team, I just feel like, gosh, they just they just have a lot to them. Neither secondary. You know, not named Jalen Ramsey or household names. Jalen Ramsey Correct. and that matchup, maybe that should be our matchup is Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase. Because when you think of like who's the best guy in the league right now, I think it's Jalen Ramsey, you know, hands down. Yeah. And he has that um that mental strength to play DB. Because I mean, not not that he he's not accustomed to get frustrated getting beat or get frustrated if, if he gets a PI call. No, not that it's just he has he won't back down. He will get in your face. He don't care what wide receiver you are. He could have played in the 80s and the 90s because he gets in your face. And then, you know what? I'm here for four quarters. And even if I just strip you, I'm getting in your face, you know, and because we know that's probably that position is a position and the wide receiver position, probably the new, the most, as we know, trash talking positions out there. But we all know the track, what the trash talking is for. It's for the mental. It's to try to break you down. You know, before the physical broke gets breaking down, so they try to get in your head to work you, just like they're trying to work a route. And so, I like that too. I mean, to see what Jalen Ramsey, being the veteran over Chase and any other receiver that he may have to cover come Super Bowl Sunday, that's going to be a big deal. And and I'll say probably a deciding factor because obviously we know we got Cooper Cup with just for the playoffs, three hundred eighty six yards. Uh, who's going to cover him? Eli Apple? Like, are we thinking Eli <laughs> Apple's going to be the, the shutdown guy? I mean, no offense, like, the Super Bowl, right. or not, right? But right. That, that anybody you put, you know, anybody you hand, any person on the on the Rams offense, Van Jefferson, uh, OBJ, anybody you put out there is a mismatch, right? right. Tilted towards the Rams. It, it, it feels the same way on both sides this week, so it'll be interesting. The, the Bengals deployed a lot of drop eight last week. They kind of got the yeah. eyes off a little bit of, of Patrick Mahomes, but you, know, you go back to Ramsey. And one thing that I love about Patrick Ramsey is like he's he he, he kind of reminds me is that maybe a more athletic Richard J- Sherman. Jalen, Jalen. He said Patrick. 
Oh, sorry, sorry, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it it reminds me of a more athletic Richard Sherman, right? In the sense that he, yeah. he doesn't mind coming up and tackling. Like he mm-hmm. likes to, he likes to lay the wood a little bit. And he's gotten to that point where it's not like this year. You know, Tavon Diggs had all those picks, but he was he was you know jumping a lot of routes, getting beat on double moves. And mm-hmm. Ramsey's kind of one of those guys. Like I really don't want to throw. Like we can take away a quarter of the field, a half of the field. Like he's he's kind of that guy where the quarterback doesn't want to test him a lot. Yeah. But again. That's why it's so intriguing because I don't think Joe Burrow cares about any of that. I think Joe Burrow's like, ah, my guy's open, dude. Trust no. me, he's open. We'll, we'll see exactly. Just, just call the play. Right. And then on the Rams defense, they brought in, out of retirement, Eric Weddle. I know. It was a veteran and a smart – I mean, the best veteran you could find chilling at home to be in the defensive backfield. When I found I think- out they picked Weddle up, I'm like – for one, I didn't – be honest, I did not know he was retired. And I'm like, What? I think he's leading the, the team in tackles right now, too. Probably, because he yeah. knows the ball. He, he's, he, he's one of those DBs when he was with the Ravens. He could get to the ball. Coming from that defense, having Ray Lewis, and then obviously having um, Rex Ryan as his coach slash DC, you know, being a defensive, he learned a lot. You know, a lot of guys, you know, we got um, – what's his name? He's the coordinator down in um, Madison. Um was a deep was also the safety for them. I can't think of his name. He'll pop in my head later. But those guys on that defense, that Ravens defense, they learned the ins and outs of yeah. everything offensively and how to stop it situational wise. And then obviously the basics of tackling or basics of being a defender, make tackles. Do that. And that's one thing. One thing solid about Eric Weddle being on the, in that roster. I was I was like Weddle because Weddle was in he started his career in San Diego, right? And yep. <clears> he was a really, really good player, but he's a you know, he's a white safety. And yet and he's playing right. for a team that never makes the playoffs. And you're just kind of going like, he never really got respect. And then he started, I think he started growing his beard and his he beard kind of, yeah, his beard kind of gave him notoriety. And then he, I think his beard had like a Twitter, you know, I like got a verified Twitter account or something. And then everybody realized like, I'm going to do that one day. Something on me is going to have a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but then everybody realized like, man, this dude is a really, really good player. Right. But he, I think he, he lived in like relative anonymity for like six years when he was like playing at an all pro level. He was just on the wrong team. And finally right. his, beard, his beard, his beard gave him the respect he deserved, man. It's a, and that's not crazy a bad world thing. This NFL we live in, bro. Right. It's not a bad thing to live in anonymity. Blah, blah, no. blah. And, and be on the, be in the NFL, be, be a one percenter and just be in the wrong place at that time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Wrong place, wrong time, be on that team. So, from that, okay. So, who do you think have the has the advantage with in this game for QBs? Who has the advantage in the QB area? I, I mean, I think it's obvious for me. Uh, Joe Burrow. Oh yeah. I think, yeah. I think I think he's playing at a high level. And the other thing is too, they're playing with house money, right? Like they, the Bengals aren't supposed to be here, dude. True. Like, we'll go back to the bet. You know, go back to yes. the bet online, right? Yes, they're not yes, supposed. Yes. To, they're not supposed to be here. They're not doing anything that makes sense. They're just winning games with this guy, and I feel like. You know, the Rams went all in this year. Like, they have some sour yeah. cap issues next year for sure. They have draft pick <clears throat> issues for the next couple of years. They brought in – now, Stafford's only 33, so he's going to probably get another shot at this. You look at, you know, the Red right. NFC Championship's going to go through L.A. or Green Bay, depending on what Aaron Rodgers does for the next couple of years, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And so – but I but you feel like because of, because of, like, the vindication, the justification that every move that they've made from Matthew Stafford to, to Von Miller, all these guys they brought in – it feels like all the weight and all the pressure is on, on the Rams side. So I think it lays with Stafford. Therefore, I think Joe Burrow can just sit back and the guy just sounds like arrogant and cocky as hell. Like, yeah, man, I'm good. This is what I do. I, I show up at championship games. But he's not being cocky. He's just like, hey, facts, man. I've, yeah. only, I've, I've shown up every single time 
you know, check, you know, check my receipts. Check and, the yeah, check my receipts. Check the check. Yeah, you gotta love him. Yeah, check him for that. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Matt just for the grittiness and what he's been through the last what 12 years, 13 years in Detroit. Um, not taking nothing away from Joe in that instance, but just saying, okay, you know, we got two of these quarterbacks that I got mentioned, they kind of similar because they got that mindset. It's both tough for different reasons. Um, Joe obviously coming up where he was growing up because his dad being a, co- a football guy, defensive coordinator, a coach around different people as a kid. But then obviously Matt coming from, you know, he's from Texas, so that's a football state. But then obviously mm-hmm. getting to Detroit and it, just being being a lion. I mean, we had a, a lot of our teammates became lions after their after before after being a Packer, and we all know that story. <laughs> it's not a good story. It's not a fun story for most of those guys. So, to have you know what? That, I just you know why I like greatness as to uh, to Matt. You know why I like Joe Burrow though, honestly, at the part of it, I think is yeah. because he doesn't look like Matthew Stafford went to Georgia. Matthew Stafford can throw the ball ninety yards in the air. Like right. he's got the mechanic, right? Joe Burrow doesn't really look like that. He's a, he's a sneaky good athlete. But he doesn't have the strongest arm. Like he doesn't have like his his tangibles probably don't jump off the charts like some of these other guys. And I I like that because that means to me like he's he has to have learned every trick of the trade. He's got to be that much like more mentally disciplined. He's got to understand how to watch film better. Like his details have to be better because his, his physical isn't necessarily where it's at. And I think majority of us you, listen you were a, you were a phenomenal athlete from day one like the majority of us are like Thank i had to live in that world right so i i see that guy and i want to root for that guy no you was one of you was one of those guys too but you know what you're describing mike you're you're, you're describing the ugly person yeah because <laughs> the ugly person no okay look i'm ugly i'm ugly i'm overweight or whatever you know what mm-hmm. i gotta have some something different about me to attract the other sex or the other person or somebody to bring me in you know there you go <laughs> I like it. So yeah, that's what you're describing. And um, something else I was going to throw in there about, uh, about Joe. Oh, yeah. The other thing about Joe is it's probably because he had, he has the same look as Macaulay Culkin for Home Alone. I've been seeing all these memes and these gifts of him and Macaulay yeah. Culkin all over the Internet saying that, that he's going to, you know, what the robbers did, what Macaulay did to the robbers, he's going to do that to the rap, whatever. You know, it's just hilarious. And then people comparing um, uh, Matt Stafford to the kid. From the sixth sense, that's all grown up now. He's a little, he got a little chubby face. Oh, he has a little kid too. Yeah, yeah he, but, he, but now as an adult, he has a beard similar to Matt Stafford. So they're comparing him, them two guys, to Matt and um, <clears throat> and uh, Joe Burrow. Just throw that out there. So play calling. So we got two guys that are from the same. Actually, one is from under the tree of mm-hmm. the other, literally. Mm-hmm. So we talking about McVeigh was at the top of this tree, and then under him is Zach Taylor. The quarterback yeah. uh, now head coach for the Bengals, so play call advantage. I don't think. I mean, there's no question to be this. This is Sean McVay, uh, except except for I guess that I mean because we just keep looking at the. Okay, you just got him hit again. Like he's still doing five seven seven drops. He just got hit again. He's not making that but, adjustment, right? Right, right, yeah. Uh, but I guess you know, like there's there's um, there's genius and simplicity. Right or or sticking sticking to what you believe or just you know hey listen we're gonna ride the hot hand right and you would think that you know I, generally you would say that that <clears throat> the, the L A Rams court or uh, head coach is a master play caller um, definitely obviously I think I, I think agree. He's, you know, his IQ is probably somewhere in the one eighties or some ridiculous thing right um, just he just seems like a real innovator and uh, I I would give it to them. Ex- I say on the other side of the ball, the DC matchup is going to be really good. Um, 
Lou Anarama was down with me in Miami. He did a really good job in the second half against the Chiefs of mixing up coverages, dropping eight, showing double mugs every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And then they'd, they'd spy with the defensive end uh, on Pat Mahomes, but they'd only rush three. And they uh, he really got his eye – the eye just put Pat Mahomes off a little bit during that second half, and I think that contributed to them only scoring three points. So I think mm-hmm. the defensive struggle is going to be really interesting, but I think from a play con, from a head coaching perspective, I'd have to go with uh, – I'd have to go to the LA Rams. Yeah, and uh, I'm in agreement with you. McVay, just watching his – once he got in the scene, really being the head coach, and obviously when I found out he was a play caller, just seeing the different formations and uh, personnel they use and how they switch up things offensively to throw a defense off, similar to, like you said, with the Bengals making their adjustments to Pat Mahomes, adjusting to their defense, spying the defensive end, or spying the tackle, doing those little things to make – the, the player they're trying to stop, see something different. So that's what McVeigh does. You know, he, he brings that part of part of the game that as players, when we're I know for me, I'll speak for myself, playing in my career, I didn't really think about the offensive formation and doing some of the things I've seen them do. You know, I just think basically, okay, put a tight end there, put a fullback there to put the wide receivers, two to the right, one to the left, you know, or you know what, just bring them in a little tighter to make a bunch of formation, do this, have some fun, but never really thought, okay. We could do a double tight end set, have one, but then it's still a it's a run and pass formation. It's like oh, so he kind of like brought my attention to that, and then because obviously that's a big thing, trying to make sure the defense doesn't know what's coming at them. They'll think run, and obviously it's the pass because they're play action off. That's a definitely good um, hats off to uh, McVeigh there. So next is momentum. Who gonna get the? Who has the advantage within momentum in this Super Bowl Sunday coming up? What you think? Um, right now, just because it's the home team yeah. and everything that's gone on since last Super Bowl that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it, it's the Rams. because And they have the people, like I said, guys that have been there already, so they understand the, the the weight, the pressure. They understand this game. And when you're, I say when you're in your second time in Super Bowl, I believe you feel, oh, yeah, we did this. This is what we got to do. And it's more a matter of fact than, oh, my God, we're here. I'm excited. Yes, it's the first. Now it's past that. Now it's like, okay, now we're here. for. We know what we need to do to win this game. <clears throat> we need to lock these dudes down, this, that, and the other. So I think that. And then being in the home city and the city wanting it for years. And I believe the Super Bowl hasn't been there in a long time anyway. Yeah. So, boom. I said that's where the momentum lies for myself. What about yourself? Yeah. You know, just to take the other side, I would say that you know, the, the Bengals – so they won their wild card game. Nobody thought they were going to win. Then they went and played the Titans, I believe, right? Yep. Number one seed. Yep. And they beat them. Then they beat not the number one seed, but the, the team that everybody thought was inevitably going to win, right? Maybe yep. win the Super Bowl. Um, so their their pathway here and the way that they've done it, and they've done it as a team. And, you know, as much as we're talking about Joe Burrow and um, how masterfully is like he hasn't been thrown for 450 yards. Like they've been winning it as a team. Right. Um, but I, you know, you and I know this well, man, players win, win these games and, and players set the tone for your team and the culture of your team. And, and they, and the, the way that their quarterback is kind of speaking things into existence right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't, don't call us underdogs. We deserve to be here. We're a good team. We'll show, you know, and he just keeps everything this kid says they've bought into. Right. right. I don't know if like, I don't know if they put his stuff up on the bulletin board every day. I don't know if Zach Taylor's out there just, you know, kind of feeding them lines, but everything this kid says, right? They just buy into man. Like this whole team just believes that they're going to win. And again, I, I really do feel because of all the things that you said, 
they have the vets. They have the home field. They have this home field mm-hmm. advantage or pressure. Depends on how you look at it. Depends who you are. Correct. They're favored by four and a half. On paper, they should win this game. There's no question they should win this game, right? But and that's yep. I, I think for me, you know, I don't know if I can pick. I don't know. You know, I would I, I'd take a coin flip on this game, but I won't be surprised either way because I really do think the Bengals have this momentum of confidence mm-hmm. again because maybe in large part. The quarterback, but too, they're just they're playing with house money, man. They have absolutely nothing to lose. If they lose this game, they go back to Cincinnati Heroes for making it to the Super Bowl. They go, this guy's 23 has an incredible career. The Rams lose this game. <laughs> because this is the last best chance for years the Rams are gonna have because that team has got to blow up. You're right. Exactly. You got it. Because you said that the blow up part is all the free agency transactions about to hear about to happen here in like three and a half weeks. So mm-hmm. um they gotta figure out that cap and all that fun stuff there that I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna mess around with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, pass it on to you to Tris Warfare. Yeah, man. So we got AG. We have not one but two ads this week because it's Super Bowl week. What's more important right. than peace of mind, AG? No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and what's and and that's what Nord VPN is here for. To give you peace of mind when you're online. With all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. Nord VPN is the world's best, the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. And AG, you're a gamer, you know how important this is. Yes. Yeah. Plus, very important. You can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plus one additional month for free. And it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Easy money. It's, it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I remember one time I was working with a company that was going to – I was building out my firewire, or firmware or what have you, and they told me, oh, at, at the moment you have 57 people trying to hack into your network. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, this VPN and this NordVPN is going to help me out a lot. People trying AG, to get my, my – You want to hear something kind of scary? What's up? You want to hear – okay, so, yes. I, I, this, so back when I'm trading, okay? So I'm, I'm trading – we have all these systems in our uh, in the building to make sure that everything's secure. Okay, mm-hmm. I call in to our, our provider because I, I'm I'm trying to execute some stuff, and so I've got windows open. I got two two three screens. I have two screens at the time. Right. The guy goes, "Yeah, Mike Wall, serving our two 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 five blah 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 blah." You've got fourteen screens up, and you hear that he literally listed every single thing I had on every tab on. On on my my, uh, wow. my my service provider, yeah, and I went I went. You can do that, and he goes, "Oh yeah, all day, every day, twenty four seven. Somebody knows what you're looking at." And I go, "Oh, fantastic!" All fantastic. right. So whatever, yeah, whatever you think about like uh, Siri or Alexa, man, they've had you for years, for sure. For they've sure. had you for years. But Nord NordVPN can help with that coming at Nord, now, well, right? see, you know, so yeah. virtual private network, right? NordVPN can get. On. I wasn't on that. I should have been because I was trusting. That my point was, I was trusting the building to have security, and we me too. You need to have your own. Exactly, get it. NordVPN. There you go. 
All right, so we're going to head into Trench Warfare here now. And I think I got it mixed up here on my sheet here. I'm looking at. Oh, no, no, no. That's a. That's a get off my lawn question. That is a get off my lawn, that thing. Oh. Yeah, that first one there. Um, where is it? So let's talk about where, you want to talk about Trench Four? We're, we're going to talk about these matchups a little bit, right? And got it. Yep. The, key, the, the key to Stafford. When you watch that Tennessee Titans game, when Stafford threw that, you know, he threw that pick six in the end zone and he got sacked mm -hmm. five or six times in that game. It was a really a bad game for him. Stafford, when he gets pressured up the middle, is where he seems to find like that's where his eyes start going to the rush, right? Right. Yeah. And like we talked about, Trey Hendrickson, Hubbard on the other side, they did a good job of beating the tackles on the Chiefs. And but Patrick Mahomes is a different kind of quarterback. Okay, so Patrick mm -hmm. Mahomes is the kind of guy he's going, especially in that game, it looked like he was his progression was like one to two to scramble, like let's make something happen. And so he's running forward around, he's breaking the pocket, etc. Right. You have a guy who's a little bit mobile, like Stafford. Like Stafford's going to be like one to two to three to four, and then if he's got if he's got a seam right down the middle, he's going to take off. He's not a lateral moving quarterback. No. So now it's the question is, can we get pressure with the Bengals front four or maybe front three, depending on how they want to run it? Because I don't think they're going to run that spy, but they might drop eight because they want to mess up Stafford's eyes, right? Yeah, they want to do what they did to Pat. It was a good good game plan there. So you look at it and you just think, look, we already know the Rams aren't a very good dropback team. Like that was kind of the knock early in the season. They're trying to do too much dropback because they got Stafford. Now he's this huge weapon. And then McVay pulled it back and said, wait a second, let's work on our quick screens. Let's work on our run game. Let's work on our play action pass and our keep. Okay. But can DJ reader, can guys like BJ Hill, those guys, can they get home when they're one-on-one? -on -one? Can they win their one-on-one -on -one matchups inside versus Quentin Spain and, and, and company inside with the Bengals? Because, if they can, uh, excuse me, not quit in Spain. Sorry, the, the 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 Rams offensive line, the interior of the offensive line for the Rams. Because if they right. can, Stafford's not the kind of mobile guy. He will see that rush, and I do think you're going to get pressure from Hendrickson and, and, and Hubbard. But unfortunately, that pressure usually comes up the field, not at his feet, not in front of him. So it'll right. be an interesting matchup from that perspective. Yeah, because uh, being a you know veteran quarterback, he knows the little ins and outs to get out the pocket to save himself, save the ball. Because obviously that's what they're trying to get to there. And then I love your next remark here. <laughs> How much pain can Burrow take and keep scoring touchdowns? <laughs> I, I I honestly think when we when we talk about this this game, we talk about these playoffs. It's right. that's really the name of the game. How much pain can this kid take? How much of a beating can he take and still keep his eyes downfield? Right. You know, and that's and that really what it what, what it comes down to, like. You know, you guys watch Ted Lasso, I'm sure, and they, you know, what's the, the best yeah. animal in the world is a goldfish because he has no memory, you know? And it's like this kid so, has to – he just keeps going like, okay, I'm getting pressured. Okay, I'm getting hit. I got hit 13 times in this game. I come back, I get pressured a ton. I break free. I, I get some first downs in my legs this week. Like I'm elusive. I, I just – you know, I'm, I'm so impressed with him because he, he almost made it – he made it feel like, man, maybe offensive line's not important anymore. Like the Chiefs last year in the Super almost. Bowl. <laughs> well, the Chiefs proved last year that – Man, offensive line is important. You lose all those guys, you're gonna you're gonna lose the game, right? Right. Tampa, right. Tampa's defensive line essentially won that Super Bowl, and now we're back, and this kid's in there, and you're like, man, he got all the way here, and they they're not even good up front. Like, yeah, it's, it's like it's like yeah, a it's sequel just... to a movie. It's like a sequel. Yeah. It was like in the first sequel, it happened, like you said, Chiefs Super Bowl with no alignment, Eric Fisher's out the week before in, in, in an AFC Champions game, and then my, as soon as I said that was the first thing I said in my head, I'm like, oh man, this is a tough game for the Chiefs. Yeah. And everybody was like, why? I was like, their best tackles are one of them is gone and the other one just got hurt. 
And I was like, boom, that, that's going to be a tough game for Pat Mahomes in that pocket. Interesting. And which it was. And then, boom, you have now you got a guy who don't – you hit him. Like, all right, I'm just gonna throw a touchdown. You 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 blew me up. No, six. Let me ask you this question, and I, we don't ever want to. We don't want anybody to get fired or anything, Uh-oh. right? We know. Uh-oh. I'm just asking the question. Given the fact that they could win the Super Bowl, do you do you still have to fire your own line coach? Like with the with the Bengals? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's still that's a production good, game. You know what I mean? Because like they're they're winning, and and he could very easily like the uh, the old line coach could walk in and be like, "Hey, listen, Zach." You're calling plays like the kid holds the ball. Like there's all these reasons besides us getting beat, you're getting hit. Right. But usually, if you're in this situation, like if they lose the game and he gets sacked ten times again, is he get like he, he probably gets canned? But if they win the game and he gets sacked ten times, he probably doesn't. Probably, you're right. Right. Like, but it's, it's a cop- crazy to think about. But I'm having a conversation. I'm like, hey man, we got we got this kid is not made of titanium. <laughs> But, but we, we I don't know how much of it's on him. That's I guess that's kind of my point. Like you watch right. him sometimes, you're like, I don't know how much of this stuff's on him. How much of stuff's like, okay, man, let's just get rid of that ball a little bit faster. Let's stop calling these seven set drops. Right, right. So I just wanna for me, for me, I'm, I just wrote it in the run game just to bring that into effect. Just that is a part of the, I say a part of an offensive scheme that I think some people forget. I know regular season teams kind of they float on the on the you know on the the whim of you know what if we have a guy that rushes for 100 yards we're okay good but we could throw the ball around so we know the Packers kind of live up live and die by that the Chiefs live and die by that but you gotta have a run game even though you got two big offenses that put up points you gotta have the guy that then grinds with the offense alignment to get those yards short yardage um, place uh, converted on the goal line though so you gotta have that option because I yeah. You know, when it gives the defense of players and the coordinator something to think about. So in this series, in this game, I like, you know, that they at the, the Bengals got Joe Mixon, the yes. guy who is physical. He has a little, you know, a little, little, little uh, about a little attitude about him when he runs. Um, he does. You know, once he gets in the end zone, he's doing his little whatever. But he's earned it to get to that level because he's a guy that for four quarters, he's going to drop his helmet. He's going to run hard. He's going to run downhill. He's going to let the, D, the DBs. The linebackers know, look, man, I'm here to hit. And then he gets – he's emotional when he gets up off the, those tackles at, at times, which I enjoy as a runner. And he said, because you got to send that message. And I think having that little combination of, of Burrow throwing the ball to the receivers and then Jamar Chase and crew, because nothing against the Rams. They got uh, what Sony Michelle and uh, the young – Cam. Uh, Cam Akers is back. Cam Akers, yep. he's back. So they got a double-headed monster there. So that's another thing that the Bengals defense got to be aware of. Can't let Sony or – um, Acres get get warmed up because Acres had some big games, you know, coming in in the regular season, getting into to the playoffs there. So, yeah, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. And they listen. We we got way too far down in the rabbit hole before talking about the run game because really, Sean McVay's offense is based on the run. Yeah, I mean, they use the run to set up everything, and and they have to. That's when that's how they kind of found success in the second half of the season. Cam Acres coming back is huge. He's been running the ball well, and he had some fumbles against that Tampa in the Tampa Bay game. Sonny mm-hmm. Michelle is, you know, he's been rock solid since he came over from New England. Um, and Joe Mixon's been, you know, Joe Mixon's going to be a, a star in this league for a number of years here. They have the talent, and, and what, what the most important thing about the running game to me is you control. You start dictating the terms of confrontation, right? The clock, I'm dictating the game, it. Yeah. yeah, our our offense is now determining the terms of confrontation. You don't know as a defensive lineman, you can't tee off every play, mm-hmm. right? You have you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take some punishment now because I'm gonna give it 
you're going to give some punishment now, right? You're not, you're not getting up there and, and pass protecting. You're trying to go down and run somebody over. Like the balance of power shifts if you can dominate in the run game. If you can get 120 yards a game, you should expect to win that game every time unless you just really lose the turnover batter, battle. Excuse me. Because mm-hmm. you're you're winning the line of scrimmage, you're winning the clock, and you're winning the feel of that game. You're gonna have now. You might not have it with the quarterback here with Joe Burrow or, or, or Stafford, but you got 20 other guys that are like, man, we are getting our head beat in. Yeah, you know what I mean, because it, to get and we know this very well, right? Yep. To get 120 yards of of, of rushing in, on your offense, it's not about the running back. And the offensive line, it's about the running back, the offensive line, the tight ends, and the wide receivers doing their job. Everybody. Because, everybody. Because your all your best runs are when Donald Driver is blocking his ass off in the secondary, yep. right? Yep. That's the only way those things break big. That's why that's why San Francisco does such a good job, right? Because they put their heart and soul into it and, yep. and make it a priority. But it's it's a big part of 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 who you want to be, how you want to dictate everything. And you're you're absolutely right, man. That that could be the key to the game, AG. Honestly, who can run the ball better? Exactly. Exactly. And on that note, we'll take it to Get Off My Lawn, presented by Masterwork. So, Mike, you want to make some money? I would love to make <laughs> some money on this podcast. Right. So how about you invest in an exciting asset that outpaced the S&P 500 164% for, the tw- for, for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, Warhol, without needing millions, over 300,000 people have already signed up. So get priority access with your unique promo code. Log in to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. What you got up there? I just made some art you can invest in right now. There you go. (laughs) Boom. NFT time, all that other stuff. Oh, Oh, dude. We should talk. You and I should have an investment, NFT investment uh, podcast one day. You want to really really get me sounding silly. Yes, we are. So we're going to get into, oh, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. So I'm starting this thing off. Let's do it. Man, why are we having a Pro Bowl? Really? (sighs) What's up? I mean, I love, as a player... I was so excited, so excited yes. to be on the field with my peers that I was voted on by to be there. So to me, when I got the ball, that first carry, I carried, I got Ray Lewis, I got Rodney Harrison, I got Sam Adams, I got former, I got potential Hall of Famers, John Lynch running, you know, coming down to stop me. So that first carry, man, I rushed for 15 yards. And I ran over Ray. I ran over, and they like, they came to me like, Amon, is this really gonna how it's gonna be? I say, yes, this is how his game's gonna be. This is the Pro Bowl. What you think? <laughs> it's a football game. We're gonna hit. Oh, they looked at me like I was crazy. I said, What's wrong with y'all? And that's what's going on. I'm like, get off my line with this Pro Bowl. We just need to take it to 11 on 11, tag or flag yeah. football. Pretty much. I think they did that yesterday. I watched like a highlight on Barstool Sports, and they, it was like two hand touch game. Like literally, they touched the receiver. They two hand, they touched his hips, and they just blew the whistle dead. Right, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. I understand we're protecting the players. I get that, but just make a clear designation. This is right. not a football game. This is not a tackle game. Just say flag or tag. I'll be fine with that. 
if you say, okay, we're doing the Pro Bowl, we're going to go flag football style, where you got to pull the flag or you got to tag. I get that. Just say that. Don't have them in pads and they're, they're tagging off, you know, and they, are they letting the quarterback run 80 yards to do the, the gritty in the end zone? <laughs> I'm like, come on. I can't like, understand. So the Pro Bowl is an honor. And yes, so you used to be able to go to Hawaii. Too. You used to be able to go to Hawaii and you'd sit there and it was a celebration. Yep. And you do, and you go out into the community and you do all this great stuff. And it, all of it was fun. And then you had to play, you felt like you had to play, go play this game. And then, you know, like we, there's this different, okay, is it we're right. playing hard? Are we not playing hard? And we all have different stories from that. But now, like at this stage, I can't even understand that. Does the NFL think they're making money on this game? Like, did Vegas make money on that game? I mean, I because it costs the operation cost of that building versus how many people are going to sit there and watch that game, be in the stands and watch that. Like, I can't imagine. They're in the race. So, Go have a bowling tournament. Go play paintball. Do anything, literally anything else, right? And then just hand them a medal and say, hey, congratulations. Give you, We're going to give you four days instead of five or six or whatever in Vegas. We'll shorten it down and just go have, go have a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, having it in Vegas, like I know somebody got in trouble last yeah, night. Yeah, like, like don't get in like, trouble. Like, come you're on, like, man. Dude, like, dude, you're in Vegas. Like, of course you – like, that was inevitable. Unfortunately, it was almost inevitable, right? Almost, yes. I, I get you there. I'm like, what in the French toast? Yeah, man. I was like, come on. When I remember I first years ago when it was in um, I think it was Orlando area a few years a camp, ago. It was a camping world. It was a camping and world. I watched that game. I mean, I threw my hat, like I had a hat on. I threw my hat at the screen. It's like, what am I watching? I was waiting for to watch it for watch, game. I've never once watched it. I'll tell you that. I, I you know, I think I think when when the first because you and Marco and Mike went one year. Right. And Mike was my guy. We were hanging out in Vegas, so like we, he wasn't there. <laughs> we get in a, I turn on the. I was in. The, I was in a casino. And I walked by and I saw you guys or whatever. And, right. But he always just went like, "Man, why are we playing another game? Like, either do it, like, right. do it or don't do it. But look, don't you can't do this. Is like you know, Mr. Miyagi says you do karate left side of the street, okay. Right side of the street, okay. Grinding down the middle, you get squished like grape. Like you can't do. You can't be. There's no halfway crooks, man. You can't. You can't do a football halfway. No, it's you can't do it. It just looks dumb. It looks, it look, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it looks dumb and doesn't look right. It look, doesn't look right at all. All right, I think you got the next one down here. Yeah, I, I just, I just wrote it again. Get off my lawn with Joe Burrow, man. I, I just can't. Oh, this, that one. Okay. Yeah, this, 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 this kid just—he's just reinventing what it means to, to be uh, an offensive lineman. I just, like, <laughs> he just, he's just knocked us down so many notches, man. Like, oh, I can just take, I can take nine sacks and thirteen hits, and we'll still win the game. Just Is that what he said in his press conference or a Super Bowl interview? No, he's never going to say that. But it's like that's oh. literally what he did. He's like, he literally went and took nine sacks and thirteen pressures, and like. That's nah, good. I'll shrug that off and go play. Like if I would have gotten like that means <laughs> that means right. That you go back to least, our standards. Our at standards. least two of those guys gave up multiple sacks, right? Because I'm not going to guess that like they all gave up one and one dude gave up you know seven or eight or whatever, right? Right. So that means at least two or three guys gave up multiple sacks that game. And like <laughs> they used to tell us, "Hey man, you're two sacks away from the bus stop." Like I remember, I gave up three sacks in the game, and I was literally benched for the rest of the season, like early in my career. You know what I mean? In Green they Bay? did a damn playoff game, and the guy's going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, this game, I don't understand what's going on anymore. Good wow. Yeah, I'm saying we have standards. Like, I mean, I think back between here, watching that room, your room, and the guys that played in that room, and the guys who were the starters, mm. out of everybody on that, our team, between, I'll say, after, after Brett, and then Gilbert on defense, and Santana when he was there, y'all were my, I was like, 
if I have to answer to anybody, I answer to them first offensively. When they say, if you one of y'all came up to me and said, "Ag, what's going on? You're not running the ball right." Like I'd be like, "Hey, I gotta fix it." You know, when you one of y'all got in my face, but we never would. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> we, we never had to. Right? <laughs> so get on my lawn with this, this NFL this NFL PR team over the last couple of weeks, man. So there's there's two things right. that just kind of we'll we'll get into it. The second part probably a little bit more, but right. you know, Goodell puts out that memo. So the first thing you do when they hit that Brian Flores. Lawsuit is they just vehemently deny everything within like 45 minutes. Like, you haven't investigated anything, man. What are you talking about? Then you come back right. and you put out a statement today. Like they just said most today they put out a statement to like a memo to the NFL. It's just like, hey, man, we're just going to pass the buck. It's just a pass the buck, you know, kick the can down the road, some BS. Then you start looking at this nonsense with uh, with the Washington investigation, yes. the sexual misconduct investigation with the, with the Washington commanders, and the yes. joint investigation – they get they, they no written uh, no written reports all oral reports as directed by Roger Goodell. You can't what? have um, what was the other thing like they have the discrimination to cover everything up as, as they see fit. Like wow. the thing that's crazy is and and what I don't understand is the NFL mm-hmm. enjoys a very special relationship with the United States government in the in the, in the fact that they're in the fact that in the way that they're taxed right they're taxed right. In, a, in a in a manner that really allows them to prosper far beyond what they would otherwise and. <clears throat> When we keep talking about all this stuff, you would think that one group, when you're under some sort of federally led investigation, you would have some sort of authority. And mm-hmm. still, Roger Goodell and the NFL is allowed to like sweep everything under the rug, especially right now in this day and age with sexual se- sexual misconduct accusations. Like that, Correct. that just drives me insane, man. So me there's too. all this other stuff we can talk about too. But like, get off my lawn with that. Definitely, kid it way off my lawn. Don't even come in my neighborhood and. <laughs> Still understanding why it's still there and being okayed basically by not being, I say, addressed the proper way by the powers that be, by Roger Goodell being one of those persons that address it and actually put a plan together to deal away with it. So, yeah, way off my line with that one. I'm with you. We're going to talk about that more. So, let's get into what's see your bowl combine. Yeah, so see your bowl. I know you've yeah, been you Yeah, you know you know all this too, man. Like yeah. and you were you were a big time recruit yeah. back in the day. Like senior bowl, the combine, like let me the the scouts aren't learning anything new there. They're, I mean, yes, you can get medical there, right? right. You, you can, maybe you have another interview. But these games and these like these physical uh measurement deals, there's a time and a place for everything. And it's just it's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like the Pro Bowl to a certain extent where the only people that are really betting from this are like Reese's Pieces who are running the Senior Bowl or whatever, right? Right. And then like maybe the city of Indi- Indianapolis when they have you know maybe the restaurants get a boost and in, 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 at least I know the bars do and like right when they're open up for for the uh, for the combine, but realistically like I know their TV events I know this is a media led deal, but again it's kind of at the expense of the development of these athletes. Um, and I, I guess we can argue with the senior bowl. Like, hey, you're getting some NFL coaching. Maybe that's a, that's an opportunity to impress. But I just feel like when you, when a guy's done and ready to go try to make the NFL, mm-hmm. we do a really poor job of putting the onus or the or the importance, like the level of importance on. Hey, we got to go over this combine. We got to do all this interview prep. We got to go to like special combine training. Dude, you know what you got to get get really good at playing football. You need to go understand what the basic requirements of your sport are from a technical standpoint, from a knowledge standpoint. Go figure out those and get really good at those. We don't spend any time on that, do we? Spend time on – you know how much time – you know how many people are out there talking about, oh, don't worry, man, I'll make your start faster. Your 40 is going to be better. It's going to make all the difference in the world. It's like, okay, like that's a little bit important, 
Right. Cooper Cup's kind of showing it's not that important. No. It's better to know how to run a really good route and catch the ball. Like right. that and makes he, a lot more sense. So yeah, he was he's, he's, exactly. He's one of many players that bumped that. You know, Wayne Cabrera, that's another one. You know, you got a lot of NFL players, baseball, basketball, Olympic athletes that were told you can't do that. That's why they eventually became Olympians. You know, that's why they became NFL players or ba- basketball players or baseball players. Because I like I knew like I figured out real early in high school that, oh, OK, my football, along with, oh, that I run a pretty fast 40 will help me get there. But I knew the 40 I knew better that it wasn't the determining factor. You know, right. I had to, you know, obviously produce on the football field. And at that time, being a high school player, being a high school player, um, you had to show up in the classroom, obviously pass your classes. So but I just knew over time I, I was just shaking my head. I said, no, nah, I said a 40. Unless it's a phenomenon where you see a D lineman running a four five or four six. OK, that's different. I'm like, but outside of that. It's it's but it's, AG, it's, it's not it's it, not that it's not that like your time helps you get drafted like a four five like we we talked about this like you don't see any bad right. offensive linemen that run four eight two they're all good right it's not like you because you're a good athlete my my whole point is putting them in positions where either a they have the, they they can get injured right because they're over they're overworking or Correct. b we're spending months and thousands of dollars on really the wrong metrics of success in the long term. Yeah, that's all. I'm, that's that's my whole point. That's it. No, and you know? I'm all right along with you. It's like put yeah. the information, put that time towards the right information, basically, instead of all these other side gigs, basically to make money, make you know, make money off the players in the, in the process. So, going over there. So now we're headed around the NFL with hirings and all the big stuff that's going on, like we already mentioned with Brian. You know, I'll say we start off with Brian Flores suing the NFL for racial discrimination and some of the I say NFL hiring. Um, black coaches, but then also their practices and how they basically you using the uh Rooney rule that's kind of like a loophole, basically. Yeah. So yeah, you that. know, yeah, I, I, I I'll start with this. It's the the Rooney rule. Listen, everything was done probably at some stage with with good intentions, right? Correct. Let's start with that. I, and I think the Rooney's, I think the Rooney family, you know, they're they. They brought this into the league at some point with good intentions. Yeah. But clearly now, and we could even talk about I mean, we'll get into the Lovey Smith thing with the Texans right now. Yeah, it, but, that's, and that's but, interesting. But clearly now it feels like it's now a it's a check mark, it's a box tick, however that's you want it. to look at it. And it's it's funny what when you put limiting like when you put a limiter or a, when you put a requirement onto something, it's almost like you're immediately negating its value. You know Correct. what I mean? Yep, I know like what by, you mean. By putting, by putting a, you have to do this. Well, if you're making me do it, then I that means I don't think it's valuable. Yeah, I'm not gonna right? put the effort behind under the understanding of it, basically. And, and what and and so listen, we can you could start at the bottom of this and say, look, structurally right now. Offensive coordinators are getting hired. Quarterback coaches are getting hired, right? More, I mean, some DCs are getting hired too. But I and I, but I'm guessing there's more black defensive coordinators and defensive coaches. I don't know why. Then there mm-hmm. are offensive coordinators. I just, I just because I'm just thinking about Lovey Smith, Brian Floor. I'm just starting like my head's going that way, right? Correct. LA Correct. Rams, right? So, as opposed to like, how many Byron Leftwiches are there exactly? I really don't know that number, but I don't know mm-hmm. that there's that many. Right. And so what do we have to do? We have to start at the hiring process in the like the first job that you get. 
right now, that I think with the one thing that is positive is that we're trying to bring in more minority coaches at the base level. Now, at what position, I don't know. Like, are they right. offensive positions, defense positions? <clears throat> but they're try- I know from hiring practices, they're trying to do that now in buildings. And so in- hopefully that over the course of time, they build up, those people become coordinators that get the opportunity to be head coaches right now. Correct. I mean, it- it- down-, down the road. But what's happening now with these hiring practices? And listen, the thing that really kind of bothered me about the Flores uh, lawsuit when he came out and said, you know, we're talking uh, the week before, and Joe Shane, who I have a ton of respect for, correct? Okay, got hired by from the Buffalo Bills to become the general manager for the the Giants, and everybody was like, well, obviously he's going to hire Brian Dable, okay? Because they right. they play they just work together intimately at the, with the Buffalo Bills, right, and so right. it became and nobody's saying anything. It's not a problem, right? Everyone's just saying it. You know, media members are saying that every single day. No one's raising a red flag, and now Brian Flores' lawsuit comes out, and all of a sudden everyone's oh, I can't imagine. Like, and it just shows you the level of hypocrisy or the expectation that we live in, mm. where it's like, wait a second. Is he going to go through the, the the diligence process? Is he going to give everybody a fair shake? And I guess we just would rather assume yes instead of mm-hmm. investigate until this lawsuit comes up and says, oh, actually, Bill Belichick mistakenly texted me and said congratulations before I'd even interviewed. Like, right. You know what I mean? So it's just the yep. level of the, the – the, the, we're so far down the road as far as from a, from a cultural standpoint of what this rule now means to how mm-hmm. real NFL hiring practices are mm-hmm. that – it's very, very frustrating, but I don't know, AG, you know better than I. Like, I'm, I mean, empathetic. Like, I'm not necessarily right. part of this conversation. Correct, correct. It, seem, it seems to me that we have to start at the, at, the, at the hiring level. We have to say, look, we're 73% black correct. players. We need to be reflective of that in our hiring practices. And I'm not talking about the head coaching position today because we have problems today that we're probably not going to fix tomorrow. But if, if we fix, if we start hiring people that are representative of our base players, then I think we're going to at least have a shot because now it's a numbers game, right? Because one more thing I just want to say about this is like, if you if if a team if a team interviews five guys they, they interview one 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 African American and, and four white guys, correct. And they give the job of the four white guys, right? That means one African American, one black guy got didn't get the job, and three white guys didn't get the job, right? Right. You know what I mean? And we're looking at it like those other they, everybody could be equally deserving, but the problem that we're we're not kind of seeing is like, dude, why were there four candidates to one? Right. That's you know what I exactly. Mean? Yep. I know. Yeah, what we you don't mean. think about this four candidates. What and, and it starts because there's not enough people at the at the base level jobs that are getting hired. That's the problem. It's the nepotism at the bottom that leads to the nepotism at the top. Yeah, and and I say to the to, to that I say example is perfectly where because I did my I know you 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 work for the Dolphins. Marco was there too. Um, I think y'all were around the same time. I'm not sure. Um, Mike and, and Marco got there before I did. Okay, and then I did my internship coaching at at the Packers, and the only part that was like questionable for me after my whole I did all the training camp, and I was waiting to get a call back. I had to call them to find out, you know, how I did, what other stuff can I do to learn. I've never got a call, and this is from you know I expecting something from Coach Mike because I it was still Mike McCarthy, 
a guy who I played for, a guy who I respected and respected me, um, or or Matt, um, um, Matt, his uh, his assistant head coach, uh, which we which who we know, and it was just interesting not getting that call back. And so, to your example right there, is then having that foundation where at this at least at the assistant level, you're bringing in folks of like backgrounds of the players, you're giving that opportunity, um, but you got to really give them that opportunity. Let them come in. Let them come in and make mistakes. Let them come in and be coaches and develop and not just yes. be like, oh, wait a minute, you know, this is a former player or whatever, and we're not going to – you know, if they're not saying it, you know, out loud, but they're just kind of doing it with their actions, not bringing the players in because as us as former players, for that's where I look at it first. First, me being a former player, I know we're a threat because we know more – than any coach on that football field that didn't play football at a high level, you know? So I know that's one thing that we have as former players, regardless of our background. But then when you add on a layer that you're white, I'm black, then it comes in another thing that might be a hindrance for me getting hired before you, which, which obviously that's, that's where the unfairness come in at the lower levels, at the assistant levels where, you know, where you got guys that are quality control. That's where my, Matt LaFleur got started back in 07 and 06 with Houston. Um, doing the quality control stuff, and we know quality control stuff is the is the grunt stuff. It's the marking up the 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 practice sheets to know when to blitz. You know the cards the guys put up, and it's like those those positions there are the important positions because they lead to what we see. Matt Lafleur being a head coach, Matt uh, Mike McDaniel now head coach for the Dolphins. Those guys started at that level. Give the opportunity to minority coaches to then make work work their way up. And, and mess up, you know, make the mistakes. And we see a lot of coaches, you know, that do get the opportunity. It doesn't matter their background when sometimes they're in there for one year or two and then boom, they're gone. And but then they're hired re again. Let's see that too happening to be a fair, a fair thing, you know, going down the line here. Sorry. So with that being said, <laughs> we'll move on to Doug Peterson um, and other coaches being hired on. And one guy I already mentioned too, Mike McDaniel um, and Doug too. I thought that was a, a step in the right direction for Jacksonville in terms of their last season, you know, with hiring Urban Meyer, which to me personally, I, I mentioned, you know, where I kind of stand with him as a human, as a man, in terms of being right. a coach, developing athletes, but then understanding, obviously, just having a professionalism to do certain things and not do certain things as a leader, being a head coach at the, at the NFL level and at the college level. So big change and big, I say big ups to our former teammate, uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, good hire for Jacksonville. Doug, super winning coach. This is, good. again, like super interesting to me, though, that Byron Leftwich, they want him. And he says, I don't want to work no. with Trent Baalke. I, I don't want to work with Trent Baalke. He's yeah. proving he doesn't, he, he's not doing a good job. I want to bring in, you remember Adrian Wilson, safety yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals. Now you're right. a front office guy for the Cardinals. Okay, so now you have the opportunity for Shad Khan, who is a minority owner, right? Yep. One of the two minority owners in the league. You have the opportunity to bring in. Super qualified former Jaguars quarterback Byron Leftwich, who happens to be black, and a, a GM who's super qualified, right? right? Done his time, knows this knows this league better than anybody else in, in the building. Adrian Wilson yep. also happens to be happens to be in minority. Okay, we had that opportunity, and we side with Trent Baalke. And I'm yeah. hey, I'm all for Doug, man. I'm, I'm pro Doug. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it makes it, it just it's unfortunate because it's like you almost can't be happy for Doug without looking at it like, dude. But right, uh, right. It just right. doesn't feel right because they you do dude, do the right thing here. I'm talking about the right thing for your football team. And oh, by the way, this would have looked a lot better, you know, 
cosmetically if you would have gone, you know, and, and, and gone with the guy who's the right guy and not sided with the general manager who happens to be white and the other guy happens to be black. So we're in the middle of that discussion right now. Correct. Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the atmosphere right now. It's in the atmosphere. So, yeah, I definitely agree to all that you said there. And then, uh, like I said, Mike McDaniel getting hired by the Dolphins and then the Vikings I think hiring. That's a great hire. I think it's yeah. a great hire, by the way, man. Like, yeah, I think it's a great hire. Yeah, Mike was uh, also genius. down there in the Texans. I knew him when I played there for the few years, too. So he was down there with uh, Shanahan, LaFleur. All three yeah. of those guys were, you know, were there together. And then they obviously bounced around the NFL, Atlanta, um, L.A., stuff like that, and have that, I say, fellowship around there. And then also Vikings hiring Kevin uh, O'Connell as their head coach. So I, I don't have a little – give me a little background on him. You know anything about Kevin? Yeah, just, so he doesn't call plays, right? Rams guy. Oh, gotcha. And, yeah, and uh, listen, it, some of these, some of these, the hiring cycle has been super interesting this year, right? And and maybe no more so than than what's going on in Houston right now. Um, but you know, the Vikings hiring O'Connell is it news? I, it, I don't know what it changes for for they still you know they have to make this huge decision on Kirk Cousins. So I, you know, I don't really, I guess I really don't put too much weight into who they hire right now unless in, until I know who the quarterback's going to be over there in Minnesota. Right, exactly. So that's a big question. Mark. Oh, yeah, we'll get some cereal in a minute. Okay. Okay. All right. And then we got Houston and New Orleans still eight head coaching spot positions open. And I heard uh, – no, that was for Dallas, I think I heard uh, Sean Payton name go out there. Or well, they, they talked about it because of yeah. you know, because of the ties there and Jerry's the one that got away. But this Houston thing is super interesting, man, because yeah, I, I honestly I think it. if – if Brian Flores doesn't come off that lawsuit last week, they probably hire. So I know that I know for a fact they wanted to hire Josh McCown last year. Right. Okay. They wanted to hire Josh McCown last year. And I think the deal was obviously it's going to be really hard to hire a guy who has zero coaching experience. Correct. But he wanted to go back and be with his, his two kids who are playing high school football right now. So they hey, made him. Come on, now. They, 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 they took David Cully, 65 years old, first time head coach. Now, granted, they get, they he, he got a bag. Now he he walked away with a ton of money. But right. They basically made him a one year scapegoat. They were they invested nothing in him, no players, no nothing. He had no chance to be successful. Mm. Did a pretty good job, all things considered, right? The guys are playing right. hard for him at the end of the year. He, he put together a pretty decent staff, right? Yep. Campy yep. was up there. Lovey's up there, right? They're like they're they've got a good staff a, a staff assembled. Casario fires him. This other guy who's who's kind of running behind the scenes is you know pulling a lot of strings. And now they try to bring in, like, dude, I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're an ex. I'm an ex-player. If you said to me, hey, Mike, you played – I played 11 years in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. I was with the Dolphins in different capacities for, like, four or five years. You're a head coaching candidate now? I'd be like, you know what, dude? I'm Groucho Marx. I would never belong to a club who would have me as a member. Like, you got to be joking. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I don't care if you're black, if you're white. The fact that like Josh McCown is a candidate on the same level as Larry right. Smith, right? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, that just, that I saw just, that too. It just yeah, I saw it. I saw it in the edge, and it just threw me off. And I'm like, where did he coach? I'm like, where? I said, where did he? Did he quarterback coach somewhere? Did he? No. That me too. That's what that's, that was the whole point. Because I know if you're going, you're going as an AC anywhere in the NFL that you got some. You're DC. Former DC, former OC, former quarterbacks coach. You're Tell doing, me. you've done something. Well, you know, towels, 
something, right? right. <laughs> you know, give up, give up, you turn on the heater on the sideline on a cold game or something. Well, it's like, wait a minute. It looks like they're going to hire Lovey, right? And like, yeah. look, you and I know Lovey Smith, and we have like memories of him being a good coach for the Chicago Bears. Yep. I know that's, he, listen, it hasn't all been roses for him, but the respect that I have for the guy in there, I got a ton know, of respect go, for Wait Lovey. a second, dude. Like, are they just going to offer you a bag of cash to stay there for a year so they can hire this dude next year? Because, like, why would you take this job at this point? Because if, if all of a sudden you're a candidate after a month, why don't you open up the can? Why don't you open up the the, the can again and, and interview every single? Why you? Why are you not uh, uh, interviewing the enemy? Correct. Why? Why are these other guys not candidates now? We're just going to do this because it sounds like you, you panicked because you were going to hire McCown and it was like, dude, optics are really bad right now, guys. And Brian Flores' lawsuit. I mean, considering Ooh. what's going on there, the fact yeah. that he kind of blew the whistle on some of this stuff, you're probably thinking, I don't want him in the building. So why don't you just open it up, dude? Like, why, are you yeah. trying to do a quick fix? Because if it's a quick fix, Lovey can take the job and he, maybe you can get him paid and everything like that. But it doesn't, it just feels wrong for some reason. Correct. And I'm with you on the, the, the panicking. I've been in Houston for two years, three years, yeah. and I saw panic from. Not just the players level, but from up or top all the way down. And I'm like, I knew, I knew day one. I knew after the first month. It was sooner than that, though. But I knew after the first month. And my whole story behind behind why I became a Texan is a whole nother conversation, a whole nother show. But after the month, I was like, this is a terrible organization. Because I, I knew coming from Green Bay, I said this was a long drop. I'm just being real. I'm just, it was a long drop. Hold on, baby. Yep. I was like, this is a long drop from professionalism. What I've seen, what I've seen for the past eight years being in Green Bay from a professional side, you know, there's always a little bad taste in your mouth. Obviously, when you don't go back to the team you wanted to go to, but there was still professional stuff going on with the Packers and how they you know, managed. And for every team, every player that left the Packers that we played with, obviously it was good and some bad there. But overall, it was good. You know, this, the, 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 the organization is not in flux is what I'm saying. And Houston, since I went there and even players I met that was there before me, like Tremont Williams, when I came back to Green Bay, because I still had my house here, I would see Tremont, you know, at the store or something or do an event with him. He'd be like, AG, hey, if I would have known you were going to Houston, I would have told you don't. <laughs> he said that to me, you know, and it's like. He said, man, he said, I just shook my head when I saw you go down there because I knew you. he said, I never met you as a player, but I knew of you. And people told me that you were a good dude. And I was there my rookie year in 05, 06. And he said it was terrible for me. It was uh, the players were this. The organization was that. I was just like, really? That's I was true. like, I wish we did. But I say it was well, I, I learned a lot. I transgressed through it. I grew up. I developed. I, I had to go through that nonsense to I don't know. You know what I'm going to use. I kind of know now I use it as for patience, <laughs> development, if anything, and then trust, because the trust wasn't among the players. I didn't have a problem with it. The trust was with the upper, upper management, GM, ownership, trust, really getting into that because we never had an owner in Green Bay. So it was more of the committee. We'll see the guys after the game or we'll see Ted every now and then. And we'll, you know, hey, man, how you doing? You know, what's good with you? Da, 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 da. But I was seeing Rick Smith every day. And, yeah. you know, I was seeing Nick Nair every other day. And I was like, this is just different. It's different. Not uh, different. So, yeah. There's there's probably there's probably six or seven teams, five or six teams in the league that have culture by design, right, that have yep. a methodology in place. And, and then the other the other 20-some-odd teams are just 
just like floating through the wind, man. They're like they're like Forrest Gump's leaf, right? You just gotta That's be it. Floating in the wind, bro. And that, that exactly couldn't say it better myself. So with that, we're done with our show. A hey, great show today, Mike. It was all standing from the ads and everything, and it hit Look at those ads. The huh? Oh, they're awesome. Exactly. It'll help us out. I'm, I'm gonna definitely use some of them. I might even get into a little betting online. You know what I'm saying? This is, I'm gonna bet this game. So I call my bets in with my my date you know, my dad or my best okay. friend out there. Okay, I call my bets if I do it. I just. I haven't done it online yet. I need to get there. Got it. Got it. But I know we have the NordVPN to secure all that. So then it's safe. Wow. We know that. All right. So you think that's that's, their, that was their main goal. That was their main goal when they brought us all together was, hey, listen, if you want to take safe bets, take this product first. Exactly. Do the VPN first. Set up your network right. and then do the betting. Boom. Right. There you go. So, everybody, thank you for listening in here on uh, on my block podcast, the Green Bay Packer podcast with myself, Amon Green, and Mike Wall. So, download the podcast wherever you, wherever you download podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, uh, Pandora, uh, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. Rate us, review us. We want the feedback to get better at what we are doing. And uh, for myself, you can find me at uh, Amon Green 30. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And then for the show, you can find it on, on my block on Twitter. That's O N underscore M Y underscore block on Twitter. And then Mike, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, Mike Wall 68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. AG pleasure as always, bud. Yeah, same here, man. And see you next week. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. It looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.